0: Hi there, welcome to Gleneagles Baptist Churches Podcast Network. We're glad you can join us today. If you'd like more information on the church, please visit us on our website www.gebc.org.nz. We hope you enjoy the pod. I want to pick up on what Doreen said first of all, because that that was the word of God for many of us here today, and it reminded me of something I read this morning where. In Hebrews um, chapter five, Paul's saying people who should now be teachers are still on milk. And sometimes we go back to milk. And I think God's saying to many people, get off the milk, start growing, start taking responsibility, get in, get into the Word of God, go for it." it. Says anyone living on milk is inexperienced with the teaching about righteousness. We all mess up, mistakes happen. But we have to understand the teaching about righteousness, which allows us to get up, do some press-ups, and then start jogging and then running again in God. So if you're in that situation, maybe something of it is to do with what I want to talk about in this um, thing to do with the Holy Spirit. This is the era of the Holy Spirit. I like to call the Holy Spirit um, the executive agent of the Godhead. He's the one that things are channeling through in our day, in our time, and it's been that way since Pentecost. It's been that way for 2,000 years, and it's going to continue that way until the Holy Spirit leaves the earth. But he's here on the earth now, and this is his time. You know, I want to share a scripture with you in John chapter 16, um, verses, uh, starting in verse 13, which is an amazing Trinitarian scripture. Jesus is speaking, and he says, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. He says the Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus. He will glorify me, and he will take what is mine and declare it. He will speak it. He will communicate it to you and me. He'll take the things of Jesus. Though this is the job of the Holy Spirit. He'll take the things that Jesus is saying, and he will be the one that speaks it out into our life, in our hearts. All things that the Father has are mine, says Jesus. Look at the Trinity in this, in this scripture. You can smile. Let me try that again. You're allowed to smile in church. This is good. The Trinity, everything that the Father has, Jesus says, is his. Therefore, um, I said that he will take of mine and he, the Holy Spirit, will declare it to you. In 2019, I took a team to Israel and there were so many highlights of being in that country. The Bible just came alive for me. And I encourage anyone that wants to go to Israel, COVID or not, if you want to go, go. And while there I saw a shepherd with some sheep, and it was nothing like New Zealand shepherding, with paddocks and dogs and whistles, you know, and quad bikes. It was, it was like one person leading four or five sheep, and the sheep were following along with them like a pet would follow their master that we're used to. That's the image that Jesus was speaking about. And... and This illustration that Jesus gave is what our Christian life is to be like. He said, Christians will hear from him and we will know his voice and we will follow what he says. Can I get an amen? I'm preaching better than you're responding just at the moment. John 10, he says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they will follow me. See, it's normal for Christians to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Jesus through the Holy Spirit. You know, when I look at that scripture, I find Jesus but or when you look in scripture, I find Jesus by the Holy Spirit communicates in all sorts of ways. Sometimes with language But he he can highlight scripture. He can give dreams and visions. He can give promptings and anointings and intuition and discernment and prophetic words from other people. Like the ones that were given this morning, there were some prophetic words in that. And sometimes he'll speak words directly into our heads, right? And some Christians never develop that ability. They say, oh, yeah, that's all fine. I'm going to live a different way. But it's not the Christian way. There are three possible voices that we hear. It can be the Holy Spirit speaking to us, and it's an inner voice that comes through our mind, but not from our mind. It can be our mind itself. We can hear something and we think, hmm, that's a great thought, and it probably can be us. Or it can be the devil. We can get influence from spirits, Someone was telling me about one just the other day. Here's the thing. Every axe murderer or school shooter claims God told them to do it. And so we need to exercise discernment. Is it the Holy Spirit? Is it us? Or is it actually the enemy? But it's still normal for us all to hear God speaking into our life. And I should be able to ask you, what were the last two things the Holy Spirit spoke to you about, and have you done them yet? And you should be able to tell me reasonably spontaneously what they were. You know, my journey is that when I came to Christ, I heard Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, speak to me really clearly. He said to me, you cannot get to heaven on your brother's faith. And it blew me apart on that night, And I came to Christ on that night because I knew my brother knew Jesus, and I knew that I didn't, and I was just, hey, I'm in his team, I'm with him. And Jesus said to me through the Spirit, no, you're not, you need your own experience of me. But you know, I got put off listening to the Holy Spirit, not all that long after that, when... um, Some guys in the church were giving testimony and they were telling about an experience they'd had on a Saturday night and how they were driving along in their car and they'd get to the lights and they'd say, Holy Spirit or Jesus, do we go left or do we go right? And they told this convoluted story that I just thought was a really embarrassing situation. And they got somewhere and they're going, okay, God, what are we here for? Sometimes I hear people say things like, you know, in the morning I I pray and I say, God, what should I put on today? Should it be the blue shirt or the green shirt or the red dress or, you know? And I think, good grief, you've got minds for making up that sort of thing. God's given us amazing intelligence, hasn't he? Has anyone got amazing intelligence? Oh, come on. Has anyone here got great intelligence? What about on this side? These guys are pretty wise and brainy. Anyone here got good intelligence? Some of you are really not sure. You should consider going back to school. He's given us minds for making things, for making decisions about things. You know? But at the same time, we're told to seek the Holy Spirit and listen to Him, and He can add into what's going on. You know, the truth is there are crazies in the world, and, and it's still, but it's still legitimate that God wants to speak to every single one of us. It's what makes Christianity so different from every other religion in the world. It's about relationship, not rule-keeping. Rules are important. But Christianity is ultimately about we get to have a relationship with God where we can talk with Him and we can hear His voice. True? Yes. You know, we're called. I want to give you some things under four L's. The first one is listen. Listen. We are called to listen. If you haven't been listening to the Holy Spirit you lately, and I, as I look back over my life, I can see periods of years Where I stopped listening to the Holy Spirit. Years. And one day one of the guys in in the church that I was pastoring, he was preaching and he stood up and he said, If John Elp is a man of God, I should hear him from time to time saying, God has spoken to me and I believe this. And it was like, I just got shot. And I realized, man, I've, been, I've stopped listening to the Holy Spirit. I'm doing principled living. I'm living by the principles of Scripture. And we do. But you see, this is the day when God wants to put the academics and the understanding and the intelligence that we carry from reading the Word and the Spirit together. And one of the things I'd say about today is, is the Holy Spirit doesn't fit our timetables. And so things can go longer. I've been in six-hour meetings and wished it didn't stop. Things can go longer. They're not going to go over it all that long today. But we're called to listen. Now, if you go to the Greek and you look up the meaning of listen, you'll find that it means listen. And the fun and the adventure of the Christian life comes from hearing God and then doing what He gave you to do. That's where the fun comes. That's where the adventure comes. The second L is we need to learn. We need to learn to discern when it is Him. And as you tentatively put what you think God said into operation, you will soon find out if God said it or not. Here's the test that will help you to know whether it's God or not. If God said it, it will happen. It will happen. It will happen. Even if it's beyond what you consider possible. Our God is beyond possible. And that's why he loves taking people, especially younger people, when their energy and their passion is still running so hot in their lives and they believe something that God said to them and they go to do it and God just opens a doorway and an adventure starts to take place in their lives. So many stories about that sort of thing. You know, I wanted to go to a conference on world evangelization to be held in Seoul, Korea, just before the year 2000. So I did what John 15 encouraged me, because this is what it it says. If you remain in my words, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. Flip. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory. Why? Because you'll get a story that is beyond possible. And people go... Oh, wow. Wow, wish that could happen to me. So I kept asking, Lord, can I go to this conference in Seoul, Korea? And, and, um, and then one day I read another scripture that stood out to me. And it said that I should pray in English, but I should also pray in tongues. Um, oh, sorry, I should pray in tongues. But, but it says I should also then pray to interpret what I've spoken in tongues In my language, so that I'll know what I've been praying about. So, here's the scripture. For this reason, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret what they say. For if I pray in a tongue... Sorry, Emma, I'll stand in the right place. My spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit... But I will also pray, this is the interpretation part, also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. So I thought to myself, I'm going to pray in tongues for at least 10 minutes. That'll give the Holy Spirit time to pray about all sorts of things that he wants to deal with in me. But hopefully he might also pray about Seoul, Korea. And then after that, I just switched over into English, and I found myself saying that God was going to spend, send me to Korea, to this conference, and that I'd be given $1,000 for airfares on Friday the 15th. And I checked the calendar, and that was three weeks away. And I'm going, oh, flip, I'm going to find out whether this is true or not, really quickly. Three weeks' time, I either get the money or I don't. It'll be fairly clear as to God, whether God's speaking. And I didn't know anyone else who'd done that. And I didn't really know if it was a thing that you were allowed to do in Christianity. So I haven't shared that story very much around the country. But that Friday, I was pretty excited. I would see if the Holy Spirit really had inspired me to say those words. And sure enough, I was given $1,000 on that day. I booked my airfares, I flew to Seoul, and I enjoyed the conference for a week. God is good. Here's a phrase that I think God gave me today for many of you. Our God is not a tame God. Our God is not a tame God that we get to push around and tell him stuff. When we start listening, the almighty God who created the heavens and the earth and with a word spoke and the whole galaxies came into being and life began will speak to to us bigger and better and bolder and more influential plans for your life and for my life than we could ever have dreamed well you might be thinking how do our minds and the leading of the holy spirit work together are they kind of opposites pulling at each other and the answer is no not at all they work absolutely together God has given us this amazing, wonderful intelligence that people over there have. And we're to use our minds and make decisions every single day. Um, But we're also to submit our plans to God and look for his guidance. Paul was a very strategic thinker. You read through Acts or any of the books that he wrote, and you'll find he's constantly making decisions. I'm going to do this, but then my plan is to go here and to here, and I think I'll be with you in May. He's constantly making those sorts of decisions. But there was a time when he was in what is now modern Turkey, and he was in the center part of Turkey, and he said he wanted to go into the next province that was there, and the Spirit seemed to be stopping him from going. And then that night, this is what you read, that night Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to northern Greece, come over to Greece and help us. I'm waiting for that vision myself. I've been to Greece once. I'm really looking forward to going back. Anyone else been there? Isn't it a great place? Man, It's a... let's try that again. Isn't it a great place? It's a very cool place. But Paul got this call, come to Greece. And so um, we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, being, uh, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. See, Paul used his mind. There was no conflict. But when God spoke, he could just say, okay, we've got an update. Now we're going here and move into that. Here's the thought. Our God is big enough and brainy enough to take our desires and plans for our life and interplay his will into that and get us to his destination. Let me say that again. Our God is big enough and brainy enough to take our desires and our plans for our life and if we're open to him, interplay his will with that and get us to where he wants us to end up at any point of time. You see this in the Old Testament too in Proverbs. You know, um, Proverbs 16, we make our own plans but the Lord gives the right answer. Proverbs 16, 9, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our step. He is able to do this little shimmy step stuff as we're stepping out to go, and suddenly we find ourselves, and we're right where God wanted us to be. Have you found that in your life? It's good, isn't it? He can get us to his destination. But when we stop listening, he has ways to get us back onto that faith journey. And for me, my first big shift came when I was finishing my bond years as a teacher. And Mark Woolley and I had decided we'd quit our jobs and we'd, we'd go surfing in Australia. And so we both handed our notice in, and I think Mark said, your, your, the, the, your firm gave you a cup for surfing in Australia, eh, as a, as a goodbye, thank you. And we handed in our notice, but the closer I came to finishing up, the more I lost my inner peace. And inner peace is one of the real ways that the Holy Spirit guides us, isn't it? If we lose our peace, don't go any further. Reassess what's going on. And I really felt I should go to Bible college. And three people came to me and they told me the same thing. Don't think you should be going to surfing in Australia. Um, you, God wants you to go to Bible college. So I had this quandary. How was I going to tell my mate, Mark? And I was surprised that, that Mark was feeling similar to what I was. And here's where God's wisdom is bigger than our wisdom. And it came into play for both of our lives. I went to Bible college, and shortly afterwards, both of us met those beautiful females that became our wives. And if Mark had gone to Australia surfing and just said, I don't care about you, John, I'm going anyway, if he'd gone, he would never have met Lisa Hingley, now Lisa Woolley. And he'd have missed out on the best thing that ever happened to him. See, God knows how to set us up with our marriage partners. And I'm speaking this out prophetically today. I believe God gave me that, that sentence. God knows how to set us up with our marriage partners. And those of you that are in a situation where you're asking and you're seeking, you hold on to God. God knows how to interplay His will with us. We don't have to, don't have to stress and strain. So we need to learn to discern his voice, his voice, and then we need to look. We have listen, learn, and look. We need to look for the Holy Spirit's work around our everyday lives because He's working more than we're seeing. Yeah. You know, it's like this in creation. It says the heavens declare the glory of God to people. But so many people in our world they look up there and they see, oh, a random chance called evolution. It's a theory. It's a theory. And yet the world, God through through the through uh, creating all of that, it constantly is speaking to people, I'm alive, there is something bigger than just us as human beings. It's called God, the maker. And God often is doing things around your life and my life, and we've got tunnel vision, and he's working over here, and we're not even seeing what he's doing. And when we don't see, faith doesn't ignite in our heart to believe him. So we go, oh, yeah, God, you're with me. Cool, I'm going to keep going. And, in fact, I'll go even faster and harder. God puts signposts in our way, and they show us that he's active. But we have to see them. I want to tell you about one of the biggest signposts that has happened in my life, and that was that in SAB Church, in Christchurch, we came to a point where the church grew and we had to build new buildings, and I was dead scared. That was one of the things I did not want to do as a pastor. I'd seen many of my friends come up with huge mortgages at the end of building programs, and the church would be crippled for maybe a decade as they're struggling to repay a mortgage before they can get down to ministry, 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 ministry. And I had a, an elder in my church who left and became a pastor, and he went to Wainui Martha Baptist. And he went there when there were 37 adults. And within three years, they started a building program for $900,000. And I'm going, flip, what's going on? And I watched them build. You could build a lot for $900,000 in about uh, 2003. And, and I, I saw it all being done, and I thought, how, how, how? So few people, and yet this, this generosity. And I said to my friend, tell me, tell me the story. And he, he told me the story. He said, I've got a, a prayer loop that I do every morning, and I've just been asking God for about three months, how do we build, God? We need, we need to build. We haven't got buildings and things, and, and how do we do it? And he said, one day as he was going around, God spoke to him and said, okay, Paul, I want you to go and see this person in the church, and I want you to um, tell him your vision for the building, and he's going to give you $350,000. So I'm looking at Paul. He's looking at me. I go, more, please. And he said, took me three months to pluck up the courage to go and see this man. But I made an appointment, and I went into his, his office and sat across the table from him, and I said, God has told me that I'm to tell you my building plan and that you're going to um, help us financially to a really significant amount. And he said the guy's face was just impassive. (laughs) And Paul told him all his dream and the guy's just sitting there impassively looking at him. He stands up, Paul stands up, he reaches his hand forward, he shakes Paul's hand and he says, yes, I'll do it. When the money came through, he wrote out a cheque for $350,000 and it was the beginning of that church's building program and they've got a number of other stories that went on. I immediately knew, God, this is my signpost. This is you telling me how we can do this. So I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and after three or four or whatever number of months, God spoke to me and I could take you to the exact spot where I was sitting when God said to me, this is a great year to raise a million dollars. And I went back and told the church, I know God has spoken to me. Here's the word. And that means that your wallets and my wallets, we've got it in our banks. We just have to give it to the Lord. And, and, you know, people, faith just come into people's lives. Just before we took up the offering nine months later, um, I said to people, hey, look, will you humor me? Um, Will you go, I I know you've all thought of how much money you're going to give to the building program. But will you completely forget that figure? And will you go away and ask the Lord how much he wants you to give? Some people said yes. And then stories started to turn up. And I said, if you're, if you're married, don't ask together. Go away separately and then come back together and tell each other the figure that you think that God's spoken to you about. And people started coming to me and telling me their stories. And they'd say, look, I said to my wife, have you got a figure? Yes, Yes, I've got one. You tell me first. No, you tell me first. No, no, my figure's too big. You tell me your figure first. And then they'd say the figure, and time after time after time after time, it was the same figure. Some people said God doubled it. One person came back and said God told us three times as much as we were planning to give. And they said, we're so excited now. We heard God. We know it was God, so we're definitely going to give because we want to see what happens on the other side of this. And when that building was uh, finished, we had raised $1,040,000. We only needed a million. We had about another four 450000 from outside funders. We only needed a million, so we, we finished our building program with $40,000 in the bank. Can we go through this routine again? <laughs> We finished a building program that most churches end up with these huge mortgages with no mortgage and 40 grand in the bank. Because God showed me a signpost, and then people saw their own signposts when they told each other their figures and they said, This is God, obviously we can do it. Wow, wow, wow. You know, in 2012. Um, we met with, uh, Sandra and I met with some pastor friends of ours, and immediately, where's Chris? He might be getting me some water. Um, <clears throat> immediately, if someone could get me some, I'd appreciate it. Thank you, my wife. <laughs> and immediately, the, the wife starts prophesying. I only just met, and she starts shaking, and she's, she'll do this in a cafe or wherever, doesn't matter. It just happens. She prophesied to us and she said, you're going to Auckland. God's sending you to Auckland. This is 2012. We came to Auckland in 2021. 2012. Now, what she didn't know was that I had allowed my name to go forward for a role at Kerry College in, in Auckland. And I didn't get the role, and I'm so glad I didn't. I wouldn't have been a great fit there. But God was using all of that situation. And as we were going through that process we decided, well, let's buy a rental property in Auckland. And we had eight years with a rental property here, um, and the signpost was this prophecy that was taking place. And we are so glad that we had a tenant helping to pay our mortgage off for eight years because we were... Never have been able to come back to Auckland and live here if it hadn't, because we're living in that house now, if it hadn't been for seeing and seeing the signpost and it igniting faith in Sandra's and my heart, especially her heart, and and we we ended up buying this house. But that's what God does. And as we got closer to retirement, we're thinking, well, flip, what church are we going to go to? Because I've got friends and a number, sorry. In a number of churches, and we could have—we didn't want to just say, "Well, we want to go back to Glen Eden." We wanted the, some guidance from God, and so we have travelled from uh, Christchurch to Fonanaki, um, uh, north of Whangarei, for 24 or so years, every year for Christmas, and. Um, we would always stop in Kaiwaka at the French bakery in Kaiwaka, and a couple of years before we were retiring, we'd walk in there, and who should be there but Gary? Yeah. And so we had this great catch-up with, with Gary, and um, and then went on our way, and the next year, we, we on the same day, 27th of September, we go to uh, Kaiwaka, and we it's a little bit different time now, though, but but we, um, thank you, <laughs> and we go in on the same day, 27th of December, and a different time, and I say to Sandra, just as we're walking to the door, um, wouldn't it be crazy if we, if we met Gary in there today, and lo and behold, we walk in the door, and there's not just Gary, but Gary and Sarah, and they are absolutely in the back of the line, that we're just about to join, and we had this amazing catch-up two years in a row. And as we left there, both Sandra and I are going, God, what's the meaning of this? How does this relate to our lives? And we realized signposts. And because of signposts that God gave us and the peace in our hearts, we're back here in Glen Eden, believing that this is where God wants us to be for this period of time. Let it be a long time, Lord. (laughs) But these signposts are the guidance of the Holy Spirit. You know, there was another, God will, will do things in guidance in really small ways in our lives. Um, we had to repair the driveway at our, at our home um, when we arrived back up here, and we had to put in a plastic gutter um, with uh, drainage, three lots of drainage going down to a cesspit, and we had a, I managed to get three um, very tight bend pipes so that the drains could be quite close rather than further out in the concrete. And my, my son-in-law was helping me, and unfortunately, he mistakenly glued one of those, and it had to be in the wrong place, and it had to be cut off. And suddenly, I only had two. and I needed another one, so I went to Bunnings and I went to Miter Ten as you do, and they didn't have any. They only had the 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 bigger curve instead of the really tight bend. And so I thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll drive to Chester's. I remember there's a plumbing place somewhere around here, and I'm driving the back streets of New Lynn looking for Chester's, and a friend rings from Christchurch. And, and I have the chat with him, and I, I'm trying to be good, so I park. I find a park, the first park I see, I pull in there. and and have the talk and then I say goodbye, put the phone down and now I'm heading to Chester's, but I just feel to look around and I'm parked outside a plumbing place. So I think, well, I might as well check if they've got the part I need. So I go into this plumbing place and uh, tell the the, uh, person behind the desk, he says, come with me, takes me down to the bench and gives me the wrong sized part. I said, nah, that's not going to work. And I look at the shelf next door. It's an empty shelf, but there's one piece there, and it's the right piece. I said to him, hey, that bit, that bit, I I need that. He goes, oh, that's part of, it's supposed to be two bits, and they go together, and it's for a toilet. And anyway, and he, he grabs it, and he gives it to me. He says, I don't know how, but some client brought it back and gave it to us. We don't need it. You can have it, and actually you can have it for free this is God. This is what God does. As we're looking for him, we find that he's all around our lives, but we've got to learn to look. The last L is is for laugh. You know, when I walked out of that plumbing place, tossing this pipe in my hands, walked to the car, got back there, and I'm just laughing to myself, God, you are so good. You are an amazing God. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. How can we say, I only want academics? I don't want any of this. When the Holy Spirit is the executive agent working in the church today, in our lives today, God wants to put all the academics plus the Spirit together. This is the type of worshiper that the Father seeks. And actually, it's the Holy Spirit things that bring the adventure and the life and the challenge and the knowledge that gives you the ability to do what is otherwise impossible. So many Baptists have stopped listening to the Holy Spirit. So many of us have had months or years of time where we've just done principled living. I wonder whether you today would want to say something to the Lord yourself, something to the Holy Spirit today. Bible tells us he can be grieved. Have we grieved him? Why don't we stand and take the position? Music team? Oh, I don't know. No, forget the music team. I'm not in charge. <laughs> take the position. I don't know what position you stand in when you are talking to the Lord. A lot of people do this. I do. But take whatever position you like and why don't you say to him whatever you need to if it's, Lord, I haven't been listening for you or I haven't done the last things that you spoke to me about. Holy Spirit, I'm sorry. I apologize. Would you lead me afresh? Would you help me to listen, to discern when it's you, to see you when you're active around my life? where I'm missing you God and to have the joy of knowing that I'm following you in my life forever just speak to him what you want to Lord I thank you for every prayer I thank you for your amazing grace that we've been considering today and through the whole service that you don't discard us when we mess up and when we miss it but you keep drawing us back. Lord, help us to, in this day, in this week, in this section of our life, Lord, to flow against the current of the world The Bible says those that are against us is the world, the flesh, and the devil. Help us to flow against the current Lord by hearing what you're saying and having the guts to do it. Ignite faith again in these, my brothers and sisters. Thank you for your goodness. Amen. Thanks again for joining with us today. If you'd like to know more information on the church or reach out to one of the pastors, please visit our website www.gevc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day.